for those of you who don't know me. Welcome to those who are online um, with us this morning. So I never use this, uh, this thing. I've had it for years. I've probably had it since I graduated from college in 1982. I'm not that old. I was three when I graduated from college. I was a very smart child. Um, I only take it out when I need to like put things in it or whatever. But interestingly enough, I don't know when the last time I had it at church was. But on this paper, which I'm not using today, it says, stay until it sinks in, which was part of uh, one of the songs we sang today. So I just thought that was really, really cool because apparently I wasn't doing it at the time and I needed to be reminded. Uh, but it's good advice. It's really good advice. So whenever you are in the presence of God, stay until whatever it is he is trying to say to you sinks in. It's very easy to be like, well, I've got my 15 minutes and my coffee. When the coffee's gone, God is done. That's not really how it works. Not how it works at all. So stay until it sinks in. I like that. So the title of today's message is What's on Your Plate? Um, I don't know if you looked at the Engage card because it always says at the top what the title of the message is. And honestly, I, I had many ideas about what this sermon was going to be out after the Lord gave me the message, gave me the scripture, and you know I sent it off to Pastor Matt, and he and I had a little bit of conversation about it. Um, and then, uh, bam, sort of like this week happened. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Elizabeth, let me show you a few things. So you know when the Holy Spirit speaks to you like that, you're not seeing what you're supposed to see. So if he's telling you, I want to show you more, um, he wants to show you more. So he wanted to show me more. So I was like, okay, Lord, let's go. Let's find out what you have, what you want. We're going to start this morning in 1 Kings 17. Okay, a lot of you know this story. This is the story of Elijah and um, the widow. Okay, we're going to start in verse 8, right? Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that the Lord told Elijah that he told a widow to, um, to provide for him. So he arose, meaning Elijah, he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord lives, I do not have bread, only a little flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And I know a lot of sermons have been preached about that. You know, she's got a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. She's going to mix it up. She's going to go in. They're going to eat. Then they're going to die. Because there was a famine in the land. It hadn't rained. It had not rained, so there, it was a famine. So Elijah asked her for bread. He asks her for bread, and she says she has flour. Now, I don't know if you know this, but flour is not bread. Flour is something that you use to make bread, and I know this because when Lillian makes bread at the house, there's flour all over, okay? <laughs> she, she cleans up better than Fred, but still and all, okay? That's just saying. I also know this because a couple of people have tried to teach me. Pastor Steve tried to teach me how to bake bread. He was less successful than Lillian, but Lillian lives at the house, so we do it a lot. Well, not a lot, but more than that. 
I guess a lot. It's okay. Um, and if the Lord had instructed the widow, it says in the previous verse, I have told her to make provision for you. So if the Lord had, exp- had, had really told this widow to feed Elijah, why was she explaining that she only had enough to feed her and her son? Why? And you know, it was a meager meal at that. She says, I have a little flour and a little oil. Now, when, when Lillian bakes bread, she's got these spices and herbs all over the table. And she's like, do we want dill bread? Do we want this bread? Do we want that bread? And it's like, okay, what, whatever. We've tried a lot of breads. Um, and it says that Elijah was told that there was a widow there that had been told. So he bumps into this widow at the gate. And he says to her, you know, bring me water and bring me bread. So didn't she realize if God had instructed her that this was the man of God that she was supposed to listen to and maybe her life would change? Was she listening at all to God? Or was she just concerned about the fact that she had a little flour and a little oil and then she was going to die? And so was her son. I'd care more about my son dying than me. I'd be like, eat the bread. Have it. Go ahead. Right? So... And if God had instructed her to feed Elijah, why wasn't she better prepared? So I'm sitting in my house, you're sitting in your house, and God speaks to you because you're being still until he speaks, right? And God says, I'm going to send somebody to your door, and they're going to be hungry, and they're going to be thirsty. So let's just pretend that she has more flour, and she has more oil, and she can make more bread. Wouldn't you have already started to prepare Wouldn't you have gotten stuff ready? The women are nodding their heads, yeah. Yeah, the men are like, no, I'd order out. (laughs) So, you know, well, not everybody, but some of of us would. (laughs) Let's continue. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Do not fear. And do as you have said, but make me first a small cake and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. I absolutely love that. I love that. Take your little itsy-bitsy amount of flour and your eeny-teeny-weeny bit of oil and go on in there, go on in the house. You got your sticks. Go. And make it for me, the man of God, first. And then make some for yourself. Have it afterwards. Now, she already doesn't really have a good mindset. I'm gathering sticks, I got a little bit, I'm going to make it, now I'm going to die. That's her attitude. But he says to her, go and do this. But then Elijah adds this, and I think this is what gets her attention. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she's got a little bit of flour, she's got a little bit of oil, and now guess what? She's got a little bit of faith. She's got just a little bit of something that a man of God said to her to hang on to. So I don't, I, I don't know how long it takes to bake bread back then. I know it takes a long time to bake a loaf of bread. You have to do this and do that, and then you set it aside with a towel on it, and then it rises, and then this happens, and that happens, and then you put it in the oven, and then you watch it, and then you pat it, and you... there's a lot of steps. 
But I don't think it took that long back then. I don't know how. But anyway, so she went away, and she did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. Many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord. And she and her household ate for many days. How many is many? What's many mean to you? If I said I had many marbles, how many marbles would that be to you? I don't know. I have a friend, been friend in my life since Zachary James was 18 months old, maybe. Every time God speaks to her or God answers a prayer, she puts a marble in a jar. This jar has traveled all over the country with her. She's, she's everywhere, but she's, a, she's actually a doctor, and so now she's in Tennessee. But she puts a marble in a jar. When we helped her move, I saw one of the jars. There were many, many marbles in that jar. It's really kind of a cool thing to do, but her definition of many may not be the same as mine especially in seasons of our life where, you know, we could look at that. She could look at the marbles in her jar and feel like that's not that much if she's going through a hard time. When you're not going through a hard time and you look at the marbles in your jar, you can be like, yes, God did it. God met me there. God did a lot of stuff, many. But here, you know, it says, she and her household ate for many days, and the bin of flour was not used up, and the oil did not run dry. And that was by the word of the Lord that Elijah spoke. Here's what I saw in that. The bin of flour was not used up, and the oil did not run dry. So she could continually make bread. Continually. Okay? So this meant that when she was hungry, she could go to the bin, she could take a little flour, she could take a little oil, she could make bread, right? She could put it on her plate, she could serve her son, she could serve Elijah, because it, clearly it says, and he ate, and she ate, and her son ate. The three of them ate, her household. I don't know who else was in her household. It doesn't really say. But whoever was in her household could eat bread. So this is kind of where... My path went off a little bit. So um, this week was a very interesting week for me. Um, I had some sort of physical thing um, that caused a big problem on Tuesday um, to the point where I reached out and said, you know, y'all need to pray because I can't end up in the hospital this week. I can't end up having surgery. So I reached out to my family because I wanted it to be private. And of course, Lillian lives in our house, so she knew about it. Um, but here was the deal. Because of what the doctor thought was going on, he said, basically, you just have to stop eating. You can have water, and you can have bread. Bread's about the safest thing for you right now. Bread with nothing on it, okay? No, no anything. I did have a piece of grilled chicken, I will confess. But it was a plain piece of grilled chicken because I felt I needed protein. But in order to feel better, and in order to be able to do this today, and in order to just get on the other side of what was going on, I ate bread. I had a plain English muffin. I had a plain piece of bread. And as I'm doing this, I'm feeling better, right? I'm feeling better. I'm not doubled over in pain the way I was on Monday. I'm not feeling it. Um, 
But at one point on Tuesday when I was home from work and could do nothing, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, okay, what are you doing with this message? Where are you headed? And I really thought that I was headed to the fact that Jesus is the bread of life because he is the bread of life, right? It says it. I can pull the scripture. I actually think I'm going to use it, right? Um, man does not live by bread alone, Matthew 4, 4, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I started thinking, well, Lord, what have I been missing? What have I been missing? So the widow had two choices, right? She could serve Elijah first and then eat with her son and live. Or she could forget about Elijah, forget about the fact that he was a man of God, forget about the fact that the Lord must have spoke to her because the Bible says that he spoke to her and told her that Elijah was coming. Maybe not by name, but it says that, you know, he had spoken to her to make provision for him. So she could ignore all that. She could ignore the voice of God. She could ignore Elijah and what he said. Feed her son with that little bit of flour she had and that little bit of oil she had, and then she could die. What would you choose? What would you choose? I, I would choose to live. Maybe that's, you know, pure self selfishness. But if I had been told to do this and live, then I would live, right? So the widow chose wisely. A long, long time ago, really, I'm not that old, but a long time ago, Fred and I had many opportunities to uh, be involved with a ministry called Mobilize to Serve. Um, it is now called Basic Ministries, which some of you are familiar with, I'm sure. But the head of, of Basic Ministries, I can't remember his name, but the pastor, every time you heard the pastor preach, he would say, and hold up his Bible, and he would say, eat the word. Eat the word. If he prayed for you, you went up, you waited in a long line to get this guy to pray for you, and you'd wait, and he'd pray for whatever, and his answer to everything was eat the word. He'd pray for you, and before he'd say amen, he'd say eat the word. That's what he'd say. That was his mission, to get people to understand that you need a personal relationship with God, and to make it deeper and to be fed by him, you need to eat the word. So let's look at what they ate, okay? So I'm going to start with not what they ate, but what, what they didn't eat. What wasn't on that plate? Day-old bread. There was not day-old bread on Elijah's plate or the widow's plate or her son's plate. There was not day-old bread, okay? Day-old bread isn't really that bad, right? I mean, it's not. I mean, sometimes it's easier to make a sandwich out of day-old bread. The peanut butter doesn't rip it, right? As long as you store it correctly, day-old bread is okay. Two-day-old bread is okay. Three-day-old bread is okay. But you know, um, eventually, it, it will go stale, it will. You know, in Exodus, the Israelites were told not to eat yesterday's manna except on the Sabbath. So let's just go. Let's see, where are we? Oop. Well, I know it's in Exodus, but you know what? I lost my, lost my little sticker, so they can put it up here. Do you have it? 
the Exodus one? Yeah. Okay, Exodus 16, 19 through 20. And Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses. But some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred with worms, and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. So, you know, if you leave bread long enough, that's what's going to happen, right? The Israelites were told not to eat yesterday's manna. Except on the Sabbath, they were allowed to store it up, right, for that one day. God told them to be prepared for the Sabbath, okay? There are times when we have to search the word because God is preparing us for something. We need the Sabbath. We need that bread on the Sabbath because God is preparing us for something. You know, maybe you've had the experience of the Spirit of God prompting you. You know, prompting you maybe to read and reread and read and reread something in the Bible. That's not day old bread. Not unless you read it, reread it, read it, reread it, read it, reread it on a Tuesday, and you don't go back to the Word of God until the following Tuesday. Then, guess what? It's probably stale bread. Because whatever God was stirring in you at that time needs to stay stirred. I had that happen with um, the book of Jeremiah. I was reading in Jeremiah, and uh, I would, I, you know, reading my chapters, I'm going to get through the book of Jeremiah. And uh, I remember getting to chapter 3 and God saying, start over again. And so this didn't happen in one day. This happened over about a month. And I remember talking to Pastor Stacy about it and saying, I am stuck in the book of Jeremiah. I can't get out of Jeremiah. I was still doing my other reading. I'd read my Proverbs. I'd read my Psalms. But as far as chapter in the Bible went, it was Jeremiah. And she said, ooh, sometimes that's a tough book to read, but stay with it. I ended up reading the book of Jeremiah no less than 10 times until God really showed me what he wanted to show me. So sometimes we need to be where we are, stuck where we are, not because we're eating day-old bread, but because God is preparing us for something. But you have to ask God. You have to say to the Lord, you know, what is it you're trying to show me? How is it you're trying to feed me from your word? So anyway... There was a reason why God didn't want them to do this. There was a reason why God did not want them to save yesterday's manna. And that was because he wanted them to have the blessing of the day. <clears throat> he wanted them to be fed, to trust them. He wanted them to trust him daily for their sustenance. He wanted them to have something fresh and something new. He didn't want them to keep relying on what he said last week or last month or last year. And that's not bad. Fred and I have words that we continually go to. I have scriptures that I go to. We all do. But God wants us to have something fresh every single day. Every single day. And I know life gets the best of us sometimes. It really does. And our 15 minutes turns into five minutes or our hour turns into a half an hour. And that's okay. That's life sometimes. But honestly, this widow had nothing to do. There was a famine in the land. According to the times, she wouldn't have worked. She would have worked in her home for her household. So, you know, she had a lot of time. She had a lot of time to hear the word of the Lord and do the will of God when Elijah came to her. 
Um, so if you're in a place where you seem stuck in the Bible, or maybe you seem stuck in life, then with God's permission, stay there until whatever he's talking to you about sinks in. Make your daily bread. Sit down with him in communion and see what he's saying. Um, so when I was in Jeremiah, I kept saying over and over, Lord, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to hear? And the more I said it, the less I heard. And I think that was just a lesson for me to shut up, <laughs> you know, be quiet, be still before God. Um, that was me personally. Maybe it's you, though, too, because sometimes we can get in our place with the Lord, with our Bible, with our study plan, and we're just boom, da da 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 boom. Okay, got to go. Time for work. And we gave God absolutely no time to feed us our daily bread. Now, day-old bread, bread that can cling, um, that you can cling to from day to day, like the word of God bread that we cling to from day to day, it can be it very easily become stale bread. So bread takes about five to seven days to get stale. I looked that up. Even if you store it correctly, it will go stale because the moisture comes out of it, right? So... Um, we have to be careful not to go stale by being comfortable. You know, we're seeing the Holy Spirit do some pretty amazing things here at Redeeming Love, and we are not going to get comfortable. We are not going to get stale. We are going to take that daily bread, and we're going to see where God is going. I'm going to see where God is going. I don't want to be that person who eats stale bread. It was bad enough eating that English muffin toasted with nothing on it. You know, I did find some blueberry preserves, and I thought he didn't say I couldn't have that. But that's okay. It's all right. You know, it's, it's really easy to go back to what God has done in your life because it tastes good. It tastes good because it's familiar. And because we know what it's done in our soul. It's easy. But you know, I don't like pumpernickel, and I don't like rye. But if God were to put it before me and say to me, I have something new for you, just give it a try, I'd try it. And you know what? If it was the only thing I had and I could live on it, why wouldn't I eat it, right? All right, where am I? All right, so stale bread will become hard and crusty. You can still use it, right? You can make it into croutons. You can make it into stuffing. You can do all that stuff. But guess what? If you're just going to eat it, it's hard to chew. It's really hard to chew. And it's difficult to share. So if I had a piece of real, and I thought about bringing all kinds of bread up here this morning, but the week just didn't allow. Um, if you have a piece of stale bread, and I'm going to share with Ariana, and I go to break it, what's going to happen? There's going to be crumbs all over the table. She's going to get less than a half. I'm going to get less than a half. The dog's going to get a lot, right? But it's really hard to share stale bread. You know why? Because you don't have the same conviction about it. You don't have the same fire. It was, it was daily bread when God gave it to you. It was daily bread. And then God did this and they did this and it was great. And, you know, testimonies are great. 
and they can influence others, but you can't live off the same testimony day after day after day because God is doing something new. He is baking new bread for us. He's offering it to us every single day. You know, the Israelites on the Sabbath were eating day-old manna. They were, right? Day-old bread. And you know what? It didn't taste any different. It still tasted like honey from heaven. It was wonderful. It made their bellies full. They were happy. God was in it. But that's because God said it. It was by God's command. So if you're snuggling up someplace in the word of God, by God's command, it's going to be daily bread. It's going to be daily bread. But if God is encouraging you to move forward, with something in your life. And, you know, God's word is our confirmation, right? But maybe God's speaking to you about a gift you have and he's stirring it. Maybe God wants you to move out in a direction you've never moved out in. You know, if God's commanding it, then that's going to be sweet daily bread to you. You're going to get fed by that. And hopefully somebody else is going to get fed by that, right? So, you know, Another thing about um, things going stale, if a body of water has no inlet or outlet, it becomes stagnant, right? And so we need to think in terms of that also because unless I'm wrong, I've seen Lillian put a little bit of water when she bakes bread. And it, it put stagnant water in bread, that's not going to be good. But, you know, we want the word of God, the spirit of the living God flowing into us so that whatever comes out of us is not stagnant, right? We just don't want that. We don't want that. Revelation 3.16, you're stale, you're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. We don't want God to say that about us. We don't want God to say that about the bread that he's feeding us. I, she's laughing over there. Listen, I didn't say the other word, and the Bible says vomit. So I could say that. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> um. Usually you just leave the stale bread there, right? Unless you're very creative, like I said, and make croutons or you make stuffing or you do something. My mother-in-law, she would do something with it, okay? Not Elizabeth. She'd wait for garbage day. She'd throw it out, right? Um, but if you leave it there long enough and you forget it in the bread bin or it gets pushed to the back of the counter or wherever you put your bread, it's going to become moldy. It's going to become moldy. And, you know... Although penicillin was a really great discovery, moldy bread is not. It's not. I wouldn't eat it. I don't expect you to eat it. Mold smells. And eventually it degrades everything it's, that's around it. And I know this. I know this because Zachary James Beck, when he came home from seventh grade, threw his backpack into his closet. And so we were taking it out. I don't know why. We were cleaning the closet. Maybe we were getting ready for school, but it had not been out since May to August. And we took it out. And in the bottom of this lovely orange L.L. Bean that he had to have, there was a bag. And in the bag, it was liquid. And so we thought, in an attempt to identify what it had been, that it was a carrot. Was that it? It was a carrot. Quite possibly. Could have been multiple carrots. But the only thing left was like this sliver. Now, that's not bread, but you get what I'm saying. Mold is not good. It is slimy. We could not use the carrots to make carrot cake. 
or, or any, anything. It, and, and, now listen to this. The mold ruined the orange L.L. Bean that he had to have. It stunk. It was stained. We t- I tried. I'm one of those people who are like, I'll put baking soda in Dawn. I'll scrub that thing with a brush. I'll do whatever I need to do. And I did it all. And then I said to him, you're on your own buying another one because you ruined it, right? But mold will do that. Mold will do that. One little spot of mold, one little area that's been left unattended, it'll ruin the whole loaf. It'll just eat its way right through. A spore that you can't see will be in there. So what happens when we go stagnant? What happens when we don't have our daily bread? What happens when the bread we're living on is day old or it's gotten stale? Or worse yet, we allow that mold to brew in our life. What happens to us? We're useless. We're useless. We've got nothing in us that we can give. And we've got to get that back right. We're the ones then who need the penicillin. We're the ones who need God to come in and fix us. We need the Holy Spirit to revive us and cause us to get to a place that we are fresh again, that we're new again. So that's everything that wasn't on the plate. None of that was on Elijah's plate. None of it was on the widow's plate. None of it was on her son's plate. And they ate for many days of what? Daily bread. Daily bread. That's what they ate. So what was on, the, on her plate? It was bread. It was fresh bread. It was the bread of life. John 6.35 says, Jesus is the bread of life. Now herself, she began to open her heart and open her spirit to whatever God had. And you know what God had for her after that? A dead son. The son dies, right? And she goes to Elijah and she says, what? 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 Really? You came to show me my sin? And I'm thinking, you know what? She must have had like stale or moldy bread that day. Maybe she didn't have any time that day. Maybe she didn't have really that, I'm going to grab on to Jesus. Maybe she didn't have that, I'm grabbing on to the word of the Lord. Maybe she half listened. I don't know, it doesn't say, but you know what Elijah does? He takes the boy, he goes upstairs, he lays on him three times, the spirit of God revives the kid, and he brings the kid back to the mother. Now she has a huge testimony. But you know what? Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. When we're feeling like we've been robbed, something's been taken away from us, we need to understand that Jesus is our future and our hope. And the way to get that, the way to keep that future and that hope going is to have daily bread. So when the boys were home, we used to have bread in the house all the time, right? Because you got to make sandwiches. If there was Italian bread in the house, Joshua Michael would take the loaf, we stopped him early on from just biting off of the loaf. And he'd rip it, and he'd destroy the loaf so badly that you couldn't have slices of bread. 
You had hunks that we just tossed around the table. Josh loved bread. He lived on bread. One, one Thanksgiving, he had turkey and like 14 croissants, and that was it, right? So I have a weird family. I'm sorry. We, we're just, we're kind of strange. Pardon? Oh, my husband is saying it's from my side, as my sister sits next to him. It might be true. It might be true. Then there was Zach, who was in love with triple-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Now, they became world famous with his friends and still are. If you would like the recipe, I'm happy to give you that later. Always made with a spoon, a tablespoon, the back of the tablespoon, because you save the bread that way, right? But there was always bread in the house. Then our boys grew up. They grew up, they moved out, they got married. And we stopped buying bread, because we really don't eat a lot of sandwiches, um, for the times we would miss the occasional toast, it was okay. We didn't need it. Then Lillian moved in. And she is the reason we are 10 pounds heavier. But anyway, Lillian moved in. And we came home from someplace one day, and as we're coming up the back stairs, this amazing aroma just wafted over us, filled our nostrils. We became obsessed with the, the question you have to ask when somebody is baking bread, and that is, when? When can we eat it? When will it be done? How long does it take to make this? Will you do this every Saturday? Will you teach me to do it? Um, because Pastor Steve tries him, I, I was a failure after that. I admit it, I apologize, but I was. But now I had somebody living in my house that was baking homemade bread. Before she baked it, she was living there, and bread did appear, but it was great value bread, 79 cents a loaf, really thin little slices. We didn't eat it. She ate it. But then she started making this homemade bread, okay? We weren't interested in the little thin, out-of-a-wrapper day-old bread. Even the day she bought it, we weren't interested. But that homemade bread, whoo, let me tell you, we were interested. We were definitely interested. Sorry, I lost my place. <clears throat> so in that, Lillian started teaching me how to make bread. Um, all different kinds of bread. I've watched her mom bake bread when we're in Pennsylvania with them. Um, and there are a few things that I learned about homemade bread. Use a wooden bowl. Make sure the yeast is fresh. Warm water means warm water. And don't rush the process. Okay? So as I prayed about this message, especially after Tuesday and eating all the bread I was eating, I was like, I just couldn't get away from the wooden bowl and the yeast. The wooden bowl and the yeast. What's the difference, right? So what did I do? How did I get my answer? I went to Google. I went to Google, and I found out that wooden bowls have always been preferred choice for bread making because, get this now, listen, because the heat generated by the yeast is retained in the wood giving the dough an even rise. And because the bowl's high sides protect the dough from drafts. And I read that over and over, 
And I knew God was stirring something in my spirit. And I was like, wooden bowls, east, wooden bowls, high sides, east, wooden bowls, high sides, east. Lord, what are you trying to say? Where am I going? Which way did he go? And so I'm praying. And all of a sudden it was like, bam, just hit me. So we're the wooden bowl, right? We're the wooden bowl. And the yeast is the Holy Spirit putting his fire in us. And as we give out, as the bowl, right, you're, you're kneading the bowl, you flip it, you spin the bowl, like she's got a whole thing down here. But honestly, if the yeast does not do its thing, the bread is a failure. It's not going to taste good. It's not going to come out right. But you know what? That wooden bowl, it says... It holds the heat. It holds the heat of the yeast. And that's what we need to do. We need to be Holy Spirit heaters. We need to say, Holy Spirit, we're your wooden bowl. Take residence in our dough. Make daily bread in us so that we can give that fire out, right? So that we can give out daily bread to others. So, you know, if Jesus lives in us, and he does, right? That is the word of God in us, and Jesus is the bread of life. We need to get it. We need to understand that we need that daily bread. We need to be going to the Lord every single day. Better yet, let's go to the Lord every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. Let's not leave him out of anything, you know? Let's not leave him out of anything. Honestly, God speaking to me about a wooden bowl and yeast I was like, I know that this is the crux of it, but what is it? What is it? You know, we need to understand that we need to be filled. If we are going to have our daily bread, we're going to get in the word, we're going to understand it, then we need to let the yeast of the Holy Spirit stir our lives. We need it kneaded into us. We need to keep flipping that dough and knead it into us. Holy Spirit, what are you saying today? Lead me by your word. There's a really old song. Matter of fact, we, um, it's kind of a joke with us, but it's a really old song by Nancy Honeytree called Homemade Bread. If you're my age or older, you may know that song. But part of it says, homemade bread, baked by the miracle maker. Come and feast on the word of God while the table is made, wholesome and true and good for you. You'll love it. Because it's homemade. It's between you and Jesus. It's homemade bread in your life. It's the yeast of the Holy Spirit mixing with the flour and the oil so that that homemade bread can be eaten by you and by your family and by others, right? I want to be baked by the miracle maker. I, I don't, I don't want to be toasted by other people. You know what I mean? I, I want to, it happens, right? Life happens and, and it chips away at us and, and it just, you know, it hurts and it's messy sometimes, but I, I want to be baked by the miracle maker. You know, I, I want fresh manna daily. I want, you know, I want to know where I'm headed, why I'm headed there. And the only one who can really tell me is Jesus. The only one who can really give me firm direction for my life is the Lord. And I want it fresh. I want it every day. I want it moment by moment. And you know what? 
Jesus is good about that. He walks beside us and behind us and before us. We sing a song like that. He's good about that. I'm not. I am not good about that. I am not. But I'm trying to be. I'm trying to remember that I need fresh manna daily. I need to go to the word of God. I need to go to prayer. You know, church is good. Our engaged groups are good. They are. But they can become day-old bread. They can become stale. You can come to church on Sunday and then not do anything Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And then you come back to church on Sunday and you get your daily bread. It's going to get stale. You need to take whatever God is doing in you today, reflect on it, and then go to your word tomorrow and say, what's new for me today? I, I, would, I would be surprised if you didn't see how it fits in. Sunday always fits in with what God is speaking during the week. Engage usually fits in. You know, our engage group, we use a lot of, of what happens on Sunday. And um, there's always something about Sunday that we can share Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? So I don't know where your time in the word or where your time in prayer is. I know where mine is. I know it needs to be altered a little bit. That's where we get our even rise. Remember it said back there that, uh, let's see, the, uh, the yeast is retained in the wood, giving the dough an even rise. That's where we get our even rise. Our daily time with the Lord, reading the word, praying. And once we have our even rise and we're popped out of the pan and we've cooled just a little bit, that's when we can cut it up and we can share it. That's where we can take that, that bread, the, the bread of life, Jesus, and we can share it because we've got what we need. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got it retained in our bowl and we're making bread and we can do our part in feeding others. We can do our part in feeding others. And so today, I guess what I want to leave you with is... Number one, open yourself up to the fire of the Holy Spirit. Open yourself up to be that wooden bowl that retains the heat, that makes the bread, that feeds you and feeds others. You don't want to eat stale bread all the time. You certainly don't want moldy bread. But if you want homemade bread in your life, if you want new Jesus every single day, new revelation, fresh power, fresh vision, fresh hope, a plan for your future, then open yourself up and let the Holy Spirit come. Let the Holy Spirit fill you with his fire. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you as you read the word of God. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You will not be hungry. You will not be thirsty, and you will live. You will live. You will not even have to collect sticks. There will be fire, always, always, so you have homemade bread. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father God. We know, Lord Jesus, that we want fresh bread. 
Lord, we want to know you deeper and better. We want the fire of your Holy Spirit to cook us and make us an even loaf, Lord God. Father, so that we can share, share deeply, share with love, share with a hope and a future to give others what we have, which is you. In Jesus' name, Pastor Steve's going to come and do the um, um, tithe and offering.